0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, uh, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, if you listened to the last podcast, I was on with Lima Asine. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, about the scriptures, and I said we had a special treat for today, uh, for Thursday. So we have a, a special guest on, and I'll let him introduce himself to you guys in just a second. Uh, but before we get into our guests again, uh, with this podcast, you can find it on YouTube, uh, where you can find the video portion. Um, but then the audio portion is everywhere you can find your podcast. So on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, um, on iTunes, uh, on your podcast app, it's, it's all there. Uh, so you can just look up when the scriptures become real. Uh, we're also on uh, Instagram. We're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And you, just, you can look up my name or when the scriptures become real. And then you can find all the links uh, and all the audio that you're looking for there. So again, like I talked about, we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Houston Welch. Oh, Huey, my guy. I'd like him to introduce himself to you guys. Uh, like like Pew said, my
1: name is Houston Welch. I am a, uh, I'm the servant slash evangelist for the Friendship Church of Christ in Beville, Tennessee. And I always have to say, um, you know, friendship. That sounds like a, a liberal, uh, liberal church, and I always have to clarify. No, we we, we follow the scriptures. We do everything accordingly uh, to the best of our knowledge. Uh, that, I don't know why the the name is friendship. That's just the way it was <laughs> since it was founded. You know, a hundred or so years ago. I married. My wife's name is is Kaylee, and we also have a daughter who is about to be six months old, and we both adore her and love her to death. Um, Pew uh, and I are going to be talking about uh, falling in love with God's Word, falling in love with the Scriptures, kind of developing that that sincerity and that appreciation uh, for God's Word. And you know, it's one of those it's one of those talking points of some old time gospel preachers. And that you know, they're when they get to talking about love, they say, you know, you always hear people say, well, I love uh, pancakes, or, you know, I love <laughs> the such and such, I love tacos, and then they'll use that to say, well, no, they, you, you don't really love those things. Well, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think that, though it's not a, a agape love, it's not the type <laughs> of love that we read about in the Bible, you know, we, we have a sense of appreciation for certain inanimate, inanimate objects, inanimate things, and um, in that sense, to that certain extent we love god's word but it should be a love far more than you know anything of this world it should be a love greater than we love food whatever it may be because <clears throat> this these are the words of god a lot of people when they're talking you know they they'll they'll say, you know, I'm listening to God. I'm wanting to talk to God. If you want to talk to God, go to this book. Right. And what, what is man other than his words? And it's kind of no different than God. Your words define you. And if your words define you also God's words define him. And so if you have a love for God, you're also going to have a love for his word and pew. And I, we were talking before, and he, he brought up a, a passage, Psalm 119, and I think that's a good place to go to if you're trying to develop a love, a, a greater sense of love for God's Word, and, and learning from David, learning from the Psalms, and kind of trying to have that same attitude. Pete, what were some of those things that you were wanting to, to mention from, from the Psalm?
0: Yeah, you know, before before we get to that, again, you know, with this podcast, if you want to – we encourage you to follow along with us. Uh, you know, Houston and I, we're not going to tell you our opinions. You know, we're not going to tell you what we think. Uh, we want you to follow along with us because we want you to see that the Scripture uh, is always the authority. Um, and before we get into it, again, I'm really happy that you're on Houston. Uh, Houston was one of the guys at the school. Um, I remember the day where I was grocery shopping. And I got a text from one of the secretaries. And I said, hey, you got a new guy uh, waiting at the door, but he doesn't have the key. So you need to get over there so you can get in. So I was like, all right. So we go over there and we see, we see this guy. You know, He looks like, uh, y'all remember uh, Scooby-Doo <laughs> back in the day? He looked like Shaggy. I was like, who is this? And so he said, yeah, my name's Houston, man. And I, and I, I knew you were perfect for this topic because I remember talking to you about, you said, how were, how were the classes? You know, How are classes going to be? I told you, you know, we're studying this, we're studying that. And I saw that your eyes just lit up when we started talking about the scriptures. And when I thought about this topic, loving the scriptures, I'm like, oh, we gotta get we gotta get Houston on here. But once yeah, once man. we talk about Yeah, once we talk about Psalm 119 here, you know, the concept of of falling in love with something or or falling in love with someone, I think always, always. when when you talk about falling in love, um, you think about Number one, you're going to spend time with who you love. You know, obviously with, you know, a relationship, if you're, if you love somebody, you know, Houston, you love your wife, you know, you not want to not spend time with her, right? So you want to spend time with her. So we're talking about loving the scriptures. How can you, how can I appreciate, or how can I love something, even if it's in an inanimate object, how could I love that thing or that person if I don't develop a love for that person? or that thing and the only way that that happens is spending time with said person or with said thing and so i want you to notice here and i'll kind of bounce this off you houston and in psalm chapter 119 uh verse number 97 i want y'all to notice what david here says psalm chapter 119 uh, and verse uh number 97 notice how david talks about the scripture here he says oh how I love thy law it is my meditation day and night and then he jumped down to verse 103 how sweet are thy words unto my taste yea sweeter than honey to my mouth doesn't it sound like David actually loved it now obviously i think david has shown his his love for sweets here in verse 103 <laughs> but notice what he compares he says that stuff is great but when i open up yeah. thy word and when i read thy word Number one, I love it. Then number two is my meditation, so I think upon it. And while I'm doing that, your word is so sweet that I'm gonna keep on coming back to it. And I think that's the that's the attitude, Houston, that we should have about the scripture.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean it's a it's a you know, like like you 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 appreciate those things that, that we have to enjoy in this world. Yeah. But like God's word is so much greater. I mean it's like you, you think about like like david mentions honey you think about food everybody i don't know you know i know that there are some people who who have certain certain issues and they you know they don't really like food all that much but for the most most of us we enjoy our food you know (laughs) but are do can we sincerely say that we love god's word love the scriptures more than we love our food and the thing you, you think about how much time are we spending and I, this is this is something that i'm guilty of myself i don't spend enough time reading the bible yeah. like I, you know that's a, a confession confession is good for the soul i should be spending a lot more time how you know can you work too much yeah i mean yeah. you can you can overwork yourself but can you read god's word too much I mean, I, Mm. I I mean, maybe, maybe if you look at it from a perspective of work, maybe, maybe so, but just spending time, you know, if that's something that you do as a recreation it's something you do because you appreciate doing it, can you really do it too much? Right. Is it really our meditation all the day? And that, and that's not also, you know, that meditation, that's kind of a mulling it over in our minds. And I guess that's a way that we could spend all day and all night in God's word. You know, we're not just constantly reading it, but we're either, you know, we might read uh, a, a lengthy passage and then we may go about our business as preachers. We may be going to visit, we may be, you know, visiting somebody um, or just evangelizing. And during that time we've got that mulling over in our mind.
0: Yeah. You know, you think about it, Houston, I, remember, I think it was brother Mosier, uh, in one of our classes, he said, um, you know, don't, study the word uh, at the time because we got graded on certain things because like, I don't study this just for a grade he said you need to get to the point where because like you said you're going to be visiting you're going to be teaching you're going to be doing all this if you're a family man you have a wife to tend to you have children to tend to you have all this stuff but he says you need to spend time with just you and the word but he said don't don't spend time with the word to make a sermon don't spend time for the word to make a class Spend time with the word because you want to spend time with the word. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, that's, end, that's what David's talking about here, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you'll end up being able, you know, because you've spent that time just, just because, you'll end up being able to make a fantastic sermon out of it yeah. because it's become a part of you. Brother Mosier also said, and he, I can't remember the original fellow who, who mentioned this, but preaching is um, giving the gospel through one's personality. And the way that you do that is you make the word a part of you, yeah. you know, a part of, of who you are, your personality. And that way you're able to convey it to the people.
0: And and notice, I want to notice this one too, Houston. In Psalm 63, remember we're talking about this idea of, if you love something, you're going to spend time with it. David here in Psalm 63, uh, starting in verse number six, notice what he's saying here. He says, when I remember thee upon my bed, and I meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. If you notice a lot, Houston, in the Psalms, David doesn't just talk about reading the word at one point of the day. He always talks about when I'm asleep and I can't go to sleep, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about the word. If I'm awake, what am I doing? I'm thinking about the word. I think that's a concept, Houston, that a lot of us, Um, and the church miss, I think sometimes we think that just Sunday and just Wednesday is enough to survive on the week, but that's not even close to how much word that you need in your life, and sometimes you wonder, well, why are we, you know, why are things happening like this in my life? How come my faith is weakened? How come I don't feel as strong as, as other people? Well, maybe because you don't have the faith that you need. Remember in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if you want more faith, if you want more meditation, if you want to learn to love by law, what do you have to get into? You, know, you have to get into the law.
1: That's, that's exactly it, man. And like, I would recommend to anybody who is, and, and you know, it's, it's hard. Like, like, especially for people who don't like to read, you know, our generation and yeah. really the, the past few generations People don't like to read. You know, we've got we've got media. We've got a TV screen, like in the center of our living room. You know, like so we'll just get our information through uh, video rather than spending time in, in a book. And so it can be difficult, especially if it's your first time picking up the Bible. But ask any Christian, ask anybody who has who has spent time in the Bible, if it was easy when they started out. Not, I mean, like, it's not – you know, you may start out and you may not even get through a, an entire chapter when yeah. you're first, like, really trying to to read and to, to study God's word. But you'll notice if you make it a daily practice, it gets easier, it gets easier. And you, you, you kind of – you, at the end of the day, you look for – or at the beginning of the day, when you wake up, however – you know, whenever you uh, place that time to read God's word – you're going to get more excited yeah. when that time comes. And it's yeah. going to get easier. You're going to be able to get through more because you're developing that appreciation for it. You know, it just ta- it takes time.
0: Houston, you know, with you talking about you know, it becoming easier over time, I think, and I could, I could relate to that a few years ago because um, before I went to the school of preaching, I avoided the school of preaching like the plague. Okay, because because I knew when we get there, or if I ever go, we're going to have to memorize, we're going to have to read, we're going to have to write all these papers, we're really going to have to know the scriptures. And I avoided it so much that I ran like Jonah in a different direction. And I went to school for two years until I manned up and was able to come over to the school. But once I was there, Houston, I did it just because they told us to at first. But then once you started going into your later second year, uh, later first year, early second year, you actually wanted to memorize those scriptures because you wanted to be like Brother Elkins. You wanted to be like Brother Mojo. You wanted to be like all those guys. And you saw that the scripture was a part of them. You know, it wasn't their job. It was who they were. And you could tell that they loved the scripture. You remember Brother Elkins when he would have us memorize those scriptures and he'd tell us when we have the word and wrong or or and we miss this, and he would have it upside down. I'm like, how did you even know that? But he, he loved the word so much, it was just a part of who Brother Elkins was. And I think that's the point that David got to was obviously he didn't have the entire written revelation as we do, but what he did have, he cherished that. And I think the Lord wants us to get to a point where Christianity and studying. And growing is not a job. It's yeah. actually something that you literally, you want to do.
1: It's, it's a part yeah. of you. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, and, and moving on to our, our second thing here, Houston. So first of all, we said, if we love something, obviously we're going to spend time with it. But then number two, I think if you love something, you can't stop thinking about them. I remember, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up, bro. I remember you were at the school. I remember when you, I remember the day you went up to free um, you didn't, you didn't know Kayla was going to be there. I don't think, I remember you went up, you went up with Colton and you like, oh, you know, oh, just yeah, hang out, yeah. you'll know, just hang out or whatever. So I remember I was playing basketball that night and y'all roll in and you stopped and talked at the court. And I was like, you know how to go, bro. If I could say, I think I gave you $5 million that night. <laughs> that's how you looked. You were like, <laughs> you were like, dude, she was amazing. She was awesome. She was it. You couldn't stop talking about her, and it was it was a great thing to see from you. And so that's that's with a person, but when we can't stop thinking about the scripture, you know, I think that's that's an amazing point when you get to a point where you, man, I, I can't wait till I know it's Thursday. But is, is there a gospel meeting going on? Is there is there a singing going on? Is there a lectureship going on? Is there a debate on? Is there anywhere I can go right now? Because I can't wait till Sunday. I I, I can't wait. Sunday's too long. I got to do something. And I think David here, again, we're, we're going to stay here in the Psalms, but here in Psalm 119, uh, starting in verse number 15, um, I want you guys to kind of notice the attitude that David has here. Uh, in verse number 15, then we're going to jump down to verse um, number 23. Uh, notice what David says here. First of all, in verse 15, notice he says, I will meditate in thy precepts and I will have respect unto thy ways. And then jump down to verse 23. He says, princes also did sit and speak against me, but what did he do? Thy servant meditated in thy statues. We have to get to the point, Houston, where I think sometimes people think, okay, if I read Psalm 23 and 24, I did my meditation and reading for the day. So it's kind of like, I'm good. Meditation and thinking about the scripture is reading what David wrote in Psalm 23 and then applying it to your life. How can I become better? How can I trust in the Lord more? Because that, that takes work. And I think that's something I'm not, not a lot of people want to do when it comes to the scripture is actually work at trying to change your lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to look at like, while we're, while we're talking about that, I want to look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy six, the, and I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, the Shema, and if anybody's (laughs) listening, they they likely don't speak Hebrew fluently, so they probably (laughs) pronounce it wrong also. Um, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and then also in the New Testament, Jesus adds, uh, with all your mind, your intellect. Right. But then notice, All right. So he correlates loving God with, with all your heart, soul, mind and, and strength in verse six. And these words, which I command you this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently unto your children. You'll talk of them when you sit in in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise up. So literally it's every (laughs) uh, part of your life and you shall bind them for a sign upon your head and, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And I, I, you know, maybe that's literal. Maybe I'm sure that I know that they did do that literally, but I think that's more of a, a metaphorical, you know, basically it's got to be right there in front of you at all times. Right. And you shall write them upon the posts of your house and on your gates. One of the things though, is anytime you see um, loving God in the scriptures, something to do with, with loving God, you always see that it, directly or most of the time you see that it directly correlates to obeying his word or yeah. knowing his word and following it also do well, we can think of john 14 15, if you love me if you love christ if you love god keep my commandments deuteronomy 10 also I, that's that's one that i that i want to look at as well 10 verse 12 now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways? All right. So there's, you know, we're, we're here's God's word. We have to walk in it to love him. And then also right beside love in between mm-hmm. um, the, other, the other part, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes. And so right there, the love of God is in the middle of his word and keeping his word and obeying him
0: yeah and i love the the stair step that god paints here in deuteronomy he said first of all when you wake up what, what should you be thinking about the word when you sit down what should you be thinking about when you're going on the way because the lord knows we have stuff to do but while you're doing it guess what you could be thinking about and i think sometimes people think houston we have to 24 seven, always kind of sit here in this meditation state, you know, always thinking about the word. That's what I thought about, but that's not what it is. What this is, is when we talk about meditating and thinking about and thinking about it as we rise up and lay down, it's not necessarily now it's great to memorize. It is great to do these things. But when he talks about meditating and doing all this, it is how, what can I do to make my life more in line with the scripture? Because every day, you know, remember, I believe it's in the book of Psalms where it says his mercies are new every morning. So every morning he gives you and I an opportunity. How can I be better than yesterday? How can I be better than last year? How can I be better than two years ago? The only way we can know how is if we, first of all, meditate on his word. But then number two, just like it talks about in Timothy and how it talks about in Colossians and Ephesians, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Well, how do I know if I'm in the faith? Guess what I should be reading? The faith, right? And so yeah. that's, what the med- that's what the meditation is. I, I believe, you know, when the Bible talks about study to show thyself approved unto God in Timothy, that word study uh, to show thyself approved, when it talks about examining yourself, that word examine there means to self-scrutinize. So what does that mean? So Houston, you remember those days in the apartment where we would get, up late and we had to run over to chapel real quick every morning (laughs) every every morning but okay so it says to self-examine yourself the bible is referenced in the new testament as a mirror so when we get up in the morning and i look in the mirror and if i've got gunk all over my face all over my hair i have two options option number one i can keep that on there and just leave like we did most times Or two, I could actually take the time and take the gunk off and actually try to do my best to actually look presentable. The same things with the word. You can look into the perfect law of liberty and look in the mirror. And I can say, well, I've got this to fix, this to fix, and this to fix. So you have two options. You can either fix it, Deuteronomy chapter 10, like you mentioned, or like John 14, 15, if you love me, what are you going to do? You're going to keep my commandments. But if it's a conditional word, it gives you the the power of choice. I'll let you do this, but you can also not do this. And so that's when it talks about meditating. We have to have the, the skill, I guess you could say, of looking into the perfect law of liberty and saying, what can I do to change? Even if you don't need to change specifically, there's always some way I can get better. Remember Brother Elkins always said the biggest room in his life is the room for improvement. You know, you always got. There's always a way if you meditate upon the scripture. There's always something you can get better at. Yeah.
1: I was I was preaching a sermon on the resurrection uh, month. I lose track of time. It may have been early on this year. I can't remember. <laughs> um, and I, I I brought up to them, of course, you know, talking about the resurrection. Went to First Corinthians 15, and I wanted I wanted to to ask the question: How how are we going to be raised up? And and you know what. What are we going to be like when we're raised up? Right. And, you know, as I, I, of course, reading through 1 Corinthians 15, you come to the part where Paul said, Some will say, How are the dead raised? And with what body will we, will we be raised up? And then he goes, You fool. <laughs> and so, you know, I, but they were asking it condescendingly, you know, like, yeah. our body is going to be. Dust by the time the Lord returns, perhaps <laughs> you know how how are how are we going to be raised up then? Yeah. I was asking it in sincerity, but the same it same You know, it applies both the same. A lot of times when I'm reading God's Word, I I, I do feel like like a fool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm unwise in a lot of ways, but Proverbs also says, "Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you." Mm. And when we come to the Bible, uh, we, we've got to be expecting some rebuke. If we're not expecting any rebuke, then, um, we're making God's word void. Yeah. It.
0: And I don't know about you, Houston, but I think about this sometimes, um, just because of the maturation process of your Christian walk. Um, the person that I am now, sometimes I wish that this version Of me, was there at the school, and vice versa. Or you know, you you just think about how could things have been different because now, you know, I've gone through more and matured more, and I actually made more mistakes and learned from those mistakes more now. So I feel like I'm more prepared to deal with certain things that I didn't do well in the past. But that's what that's the great thing about meditation upon the scripture. Think about who are we talking about in Psalm one nineteen who wrote most of these, you know, and that was David. And you think about all the things that he did. David was a murderer. You know, David lied. David was a cheater. You know, he stole, he stole uh, another man's wife. He did all this. And so David could understand if I meditate upon this word, I can't necessarily change who I used to be or change what I've done in the past but I love thy law so much because it gives me the ability to become better than what I was. And I think a lot of people, they, um, they kind of stagnate Houston because they think, well, how can the Lord, how can the Lord use me? How can the Lord, um, you know, how can I be worthy? You know, you don't understand who I used to be or what I'm doing now or, you know, what I used to do. And they get, they get stuck like the prodigal son in Luke 15 they just stay there in the mud. But if you remember in Luke 15, he said, I'm gonna rise up and go to my father. And this is all David's saying here in Psalms and what God and Moses is saying in Deuteronomy. I know that you're dust. That's what he says. I know that that's who you are. You're not perfect. But I do demand of you that you recognize your mistakes, you repent and confess, first John, and then you get up and move forward. And so here's here's another thing here, Houston, I wanted to mention. If you love someone you want to tell everybody that you got them right (laughs) now you weren't necessarily boasting that you had Kaylee but you're like hey I got something man (laughs) like you you were happy about it
1: yeah absolutely man I mean you don't want to like with with the physical I guess I would say like you don't want to to be too boastful about about that um but in a in a polite um, kind of meek way, you can you can show off the things that you yeah, love. But yeah. it's 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 different with God's word because yeah. with that, you don't have to be meek with it. Well, you do have to be meek in you know and and in, in that sense that you don't want to beat somebody over the head with the Bible. Right. But you don't have to just like shyly you know hey listen listen to this, but rather you can be proud of it it's something to be proud of and yeah. if you're proud of something you're going to want to show it off you're going to want it to to uh, brother clark man he you know he's got all of the the illustrations that you could ever <laughs> imagine i remember hearing him preach about uh about giving the the gospel to to people you know if you've got something and you love it you want to show it off and he he yeah. gave several illustrations first one he gave was about a you know a young girl who's just recently got engaged and she's got her engagement ring on and he's like you know that girl is not going to come into the room having her hand like this you know but rather she's going to be showing it all <laughs> she's going to put it up in people's faces you see all all over Facebook when the girl recently it's got to be engaged. Facebook official yeah the next picture is them with the, the, the <laughs> ring like right up in the camera and then one that I thought was just absolutely hilarious he Mentioned, you always see football fans with their little flags and and <laughs> Brother Clark in the pulpit, and he got those hands away. <laughs> but they're proud of it. Yeah. they want to show it off. and and that if you love God's word, you're going to show it off. You're going to 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 try to to give it to other people. Um, my my father-in-law, he he said this and you, you know, it takes a little bit to to think about it, but he said the gospel is a selfish thing that you cannot be selfish with Hmm. because in order to obey the gospel, there is a sense of selfishness because you're doing what's best for you, regardless of what's, you know, regardless of Hmm. other people, but it's something you cannot be selfish with. You've got to give it to those around you.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to use that. I'm going to have to use that later. That's, that's a good little, little quote there. But again, I like <clears throat> I like what David says here because also Houston, in terms of sharing a message, you know, we get the idea of sharing a, a person or, or a ring. that That's understandable. But in terms of sharing a message or sharing knowledge or sharing wisdom, you cannot give those things if you don't have it. And so, you know, in Psalm 119.27, again, we're going to mention these psalms again. um, But David here mentions this. He said, first of all, in Psalm 119.27, he says, first, make me to understand thy ways and thy precepts. So, first of all, what is David asking? David's asking, before I get up and before I go tell other people how to live, and before I go tell people how to do this and do this, first of all, make me to understand because I don't want to be a hypocrite and get up and tell people you need to live this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, but I'm living the total opposite. So he says, first off, make me to understand. I need to understand it first. Then he says at the end of the verse, in verse 27, after that happens, then I will talk of thy wondrous works. And so David understood he really understood Houston that I can't get up and tell somebody to do something that I'm not doing. And I I don't know about you, but I've realized, you know, in my short while, four or five years preaching that it's more, it's more than getting up and doing a a 30 minute sermon. The hardest part of preaching is making sure not so that other people can see, but making sure that you, your relationship with the Lord is on par and that you're actually living what the scripture requires of you. Because if you don't do that, other people can see that you're not doing that. Yeah. And so that's exactly what David's saying. I have to understand this first before I can teach it.
1: Yeah. Brother Moser used to say that we, when we're preaching, we are essentially naked. Yeah, Like, like, like when we're standing up there before, <laughs> before the, the people – Like they, they see who we truly are and it comes out in our message. Like you can always tell, I I know this in myself and, and it's one of the hardest parts of preaching for me because the people can tell whether or not I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. If I get up there and I, you know, I don't have as much passion when I'm preaching, I'm just kind of trying to get through it. I haven't made it a part of me yet. And the people can recognize that. And if, if I haven't made it a part of myself, they can see that then, you know how it's hard. First of all, it makes it hard for them to really hear me because that's what they're thinking about. But secondly, if they are actually listening, it's like, okay, this, you know, I still need to be listening to what he's saying regardless of whether or not he's applied it himself. It makes it hard for them because he hasn't applied it himself so yeah. who's to say that i can i can apply it or who's to say that i should apply it
0: right and i think one of the biggest things that helps in that houston that well that's helped me is learning to be more um transparent um in my teaching because remember even when when paul in the book of romans and you can look at first and second corinthians paul would always say you know i'm the chief of sinners you know paul said i was this i was this you know and i think sometimes um, Houston, as preachers, sometimes we feel as if we have to show this um, this perfect image, I guess, or this pseudo perfection image, just so people can follow us. And I think we're afraid to tell people uh, that we have failed at times. We're afraid to tell people, well, you know, there were times in, in my preaching where I wasn't there for people. There were times in my preaching where I wasn't um the best encourager there were times in my preaching where i wasn't the best brother in christ that i should have been but i understand that now just like david said now i can help you so that you won't do what i did yeah and i think if we were more transparent you know not saying that we have to tell everybody everything that we've ever done but in the sense of show them that you are a work in progress too yeah
1: well going going back to david you know that all of, you can't find a perfect man in Scripture except for Christ. Right. Like all the people who have anything recorded about them in Scripture, they were imperfect, and you can think Paul was probably the only one who did not mind that. That, as far as I can tell, who did not mind showing his imperfections. Yeah. When you go back to David, like he he hid. He, he, he hid his imperfections. He was trying, you know, when he with Bathsheba, he was constantly trying to cover it up. But God, he he showed it to us. Yeah. And then he he also shows us Paul as well who and, you know, it's debatable, but Paul is probably the, the greatest <laughs> gospel preacher second to Christ that that, that that there's ever been. And he was not afraid to show his imperfections.
0: Yeah. And if you notice the the kind of impact that that has on us now. Because what if, what if Paul, and I think, and this is just my own personal thing, but I think that the Lord specifically used Paul because he knew that there were, there would be Christians out there that they would feel that they're not worthy to serve Christ because of who they used to be or what they can't necessarily let go of. But I think he used Paul and I think actually he highlighted if you notice, even from Genesis with Moses, with Abraham, with David, you notice most of their faults and their sins are highlighted, but it also shows that the Lord still used them greatly, and I think that's the biggest thing, Houston, with, with the scripture is Satan wants you to remember who you used to be instead of remembering who you are, and I think a lot of times, and that's why uh, my dad, he always talks about that Christianity is not a feeling religion. Now there's, there's emotions involved. So it's not yeah, like you are robots. Yeah. There's emotions involved, but he says that Christianity is a religion of the mind because how, how much strength do you think it would have had to have, um, how much strength uh, it would have taken for Paul to go on day after day and preach knowing who he used to be. And I think, and this is just my personal thing again, obviously to my listeners, this is not scripture. This is not fact. But Paul talks about he had a thorn in the flesh. Some, some, some people think that was a physical thorn. You know, maybe he had something going on with his eyes or maybe he had something going on with his legs and it, could, it prevented him from, uh, from preaching. But for me, just based off of context from the scripture, I think his thorn in the flesh was mental. Because you think about all the good he was doing in Houston. Sometimes, and I've met people like this, they do so much good but they feel as if they, they can never reach a point to where that good kind of overbalances the evil that they used to do. Because at some point they'll always think about who I used to be. And I think sometimes with Paul, he may have had that mindset of, man, I, I just baptized 30 people, but I killed 35 years ago. you know. And I think yeah. he started to realize, and that's why he was so transparent because he wanted us to realize I'm the chief of all this. So I think we can continue to do better. Just look at my life and look at what the Lord can do with me.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've had the, the exact same kind of, you know, that's not one of those that, that is a matter of salvation. So like, like we don't have to absolutely agree on that though. I do agree with like that interpretation of second Corinthians. I think it will, I think it's thorn in the flesh was, it says it's it was a a messenger of satan you know so it was it had to be something that had to be something yeah exactly and you know if you think about if you put yourself in Paul's shoes anything that you've done to somebody else in the past like like you 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 know like whether it was you got into a, a fight a verbal fight or you know like a physical fight whatever it may be and you have remorse for that like you actually know i was i was wrong for doing that right you carry you carry that oh you carry that life. yeah now imagine binding up innocent people man and multi, you know multi, multiple of them you know multitudes and also putting many of those people to death innocent people the same people who you would lo- one day later become <laughs> and love with man. all you know that with every fiber of your being right. You're going to carry that with you. You're going to have that remorse. And I agree with you, man, I think, but also another thing to go along with that, you mentioned like a lot of people feel like there's a, like the, the good that we do can never outweigh the, the, the bad that we've done in the past. Right, And that, you know, like the, the sad part of it, it's true. Like there's nothing good that we can do that will counterbalance the evil that we've done in our past, you know, no, no matter the, the smallest scale that it may have been, we still have that, that guilt, but with Christ, that's all that we need. Now, yeah. of course, we still, you know, we need to be, you know, if we're Christians, if we have Christ, we need to be doing the best that we can for him. That's the, that's the least that we can do is to right. do our best, but it's never going to be enough without Christ.
0: Yeah. And I think the Lord knows that that stuff in the past can get into our minds. And no wonder he tells us, you know, instead of getting into your own mind, you need to be meditating on something else, right? So instead of meditating on what you used to be or who you used to, you know, run with or whatever, meditate upon my word. Because even even in the Psalms and Proverbs, David always mentions that the word has given me strength or thy word has strengthened me. My heart and my flesh fail, but thou hast strengthened me. You know, he mentions in the book of Psalms. And Houston, I think sometimes we, what's the right phrasing? I think sometimes we downplay the power that the scripture really has, because I don't know about you, but there's been times where um, if I didn't have the scripture to meditate upon, now, obviously I had my brothers and sisters in Christ, which is wonderful, wonderful blessing. But if I didn't have the scripture at certain points, there's some instances where I didn't feel like I could have made it unless the scripture was there because it gives you that, it gives you a sort of energy and a sort of power and strength that as wonderful as my brethren are, that they can't give. They can They can encourage me, and that's beautiful, and I love them for that. But the word is a different type of strength, and I think we need to gravitate and tell each other, instead of gravitating towards us, gravitate towards the word, which is able to strengthen you more than I can.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a reason why it's – you know, like, uh, there's a reason why it's likened to, to food. The Bible is, is spiritual food because it does give us spiritual strength. And, you know, like how, how, how can we encourage our brethren except through (laughs) God's word? Yeah. I mean, like our word, you know, like we could, you know, speak a little bit of, of wisdom or whatever. And, but it's not going to be able to to uplift somebody. It's like when you go to, uh, when you're going to a, a funeral, let's say, you you know, you've got to preach a funeral. You want to give them a passage of hope yeah. because, you know, we could, we could get up there and we could say all sorts of things, but ultimately it's going to have to come down to what God has said. If they have been a faithful Christian, then, they are now at rest and we're going to be united with them when the Lord returns. Right. You know, that, that's, that's the only comfort that we can get in those types of situations.
0: Right. And and here's the last thing that I wanted to mention Houston about <coughs> kind of falling in love with the scripture. Again, we mentioned, if you fall in love with something, you want to spend time with it. You know, you can't stop thinking about it. We want to tell everybody else about it. But then the last one is, we can't wait until the next time we see them. You know, everybody has had that that friend or that relationship or whatever that when they separate, they'll do anything to talk to them, whether it's whether it's online, whether it's you know on the phone, whether it's meeting them somewhere. You'll find you will find a way. Oh yeah! If, if you got young people listening, trust me. When you grow up, you will find a way. <laughs> right? You, you'll find a way to talk to them, whatever. But you you think about. You know, remember, you know, if you would talk on the phone with someone, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. first. You know, you'd always find some way to talk to him. But with the word, David mentions the same thing. And I want to notice this verse here in Psalm 119, uh, 131. Notice how there's no other word I can think of at the moment, but notice David's, um, his desperation here is the only word I can think of in Psalm uh, 119, 131. He says, I opened my mouth and I panted. Stop right there. You ever seen a dog come up to you thirsty and he's panting for water? He will sit there and pant until you give him something. It doesn't even have to be water. He'll 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 stay there until you give him something. But notice what David's saying here. I stood, I opened my mouth, and I panted. But notice what he pants for. I longed for thy commandments. You know, I think Houston, this is kind of kind of the ultimate bow to put on this when we go through things in our lives when things happen when things happen that we don't understand we need to in a sense you know we sing the song as the deer pants for the water you know we have the example of of the dog panting we need to get to a point in the scripture where i can't like i need it you know like i cannot survive without this and if we can get to the point where we we open our mouth and we say lord feed me with this I think once we get to that point in our life, then we know that the scripture is the ultimate priority for us.
1: Yeah. Going back to, to, to the, to the beginning part of that, you know, Caleb and I, back <laughs> when we were at school, every, I mean, we, we made plans. It was almost like every, I remember Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> Monday, and of course on the weekends, like, yeah. Hey man, you wanna go up to Freed this weekend? Because both Kaylin and, and Kaylee <laughs> and were, Kaylin were at Freed. Yeah. Yeah. And it would not matter. You know, we'd have a we'd have a test or a paper due the very next day, man. Literally we did. not matter. We were still going and we were driving back. We're out of school, so I don't care about talking about it. We'd drive back at like one o'clock in the morning, get four or five hours of sleep, wake up and have to go uh, take a test or whatever. Yeah,
0: but that's how like, that's how willing you were to see them. And I remember yeah, going, I remember going with y'all one time yeah. and I was, I was like, bro, they, they really love these girls because and it was y'all sat there and y'all waited for them wherever they went. You know, you followed them wherever you went, went out to eat with you. You, you did. You spent every week. I just sat there and I observed both of y'all um, as couples. And I was just sitting there watching and I was like, man, like they, and I've known Kayla for a while. I was like, oh yeah, Caleb found the one. Caleb's about to marry this girl because Caleb's never talked to anybody like that before. And then with you and Kaylee, I was like, you know, I was sitting in the front seat and y'all were in the back, and I looked back and you and Kayla back there, and I was like, oh yeah, they're getting married. It's happening. But I could see that you longed, that both of you guys long for them, and even despite yeah. despite the things that you had going on. And I think this is another part about what love will do even despite you know you had to memorize the book of James the next day, you still put her a priority over your own needs and the things that yeah. you had going on. And I think with the scripture, it gives us that same type of attitude that seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these things that you want and you need will be added unto you. It's it's yeah. just a it's, it's type of um, – strength and feeling that the scripture will give you
1: yeah and going you know like talking about that longing and having that that the the word of God gives us that sense of longing you know that yearning to to come back to it imagine you know like people who are outside of Christ, people who who aren't spending time in the word, even, even Christians, even though for those who are inside of Christ, yeah. they're not spending enough time in the word, they can certainly tell. You know, like stuff starts to to bubble up. Am I – are you still there? Can yeah, still yeah we're you? good. Yep. All right, something happened, and I'm trying to <laughs> –
0: no, you're all good, buddy. All
1: right, like it, it, it starts to kind of um, bubble up in in their lives, knowing that there's something there's something out of place. There's something that they need. Yeah. And take take the person, and I, I was speaking about this with one of my one of my friends who who um, you know I, I went to school with him growing up and everything, and he's a uh, he. He appreciates the Bible, but he doesn't particularly believe in, in God, and he, he, agreed on, he agreed with me on this, that you can never show me a person. There has never been a person who has read the Bible sincerely and have devoutly tried following its precepts, who have lived an awful life. Everybody who actually tries to yeah. follow God's word, even the, the, the simplest of principles, you know, if they if they follow them to it, to the T, they're going to have a good life. Now, yeah, granted, it's not going to be without troubles. No life right. was, is without troubles, but they're going to be able to get through it. They're going to be content with getting through it. Yeah, You cannot show me a single person who has ever tried following the Bible and have lived a terrible life
0: yeah can't do it (laughs) yeah yeah and dude this is this has been so good to talk to you about falling in love with the scripture and i you know i'm saving this for last but i think i'm in love houston i found i found somebody bro person is she person is kind sweet supportive wise awesome i hope y'all are watching this video (laughs) to see houston's face right now but it's not a person it's a scripture Wise. Oh, oh see, look, I got see. <laughs> I hope y'all watch the video. Y'all gotta oh, see Houston's man, face. You, you gotta get. You gotta see Houston's face. But notice, uh, <laughs> but the scripture, right, well, bro. Well, then what? What is it then? What is it then? <laughs> it's a scripture, man. The scripture's kind, wise, sweet, supportive. Remember in the in the book of Proverbs. That's true. That's true. Remember in the book of Proverbs, it always personifies the scripture as she, wisdom. She yeah, will do this. Yeah. She will do that. See, I hope y'all watch the video portion on YouTube to see Houston's face. Oh, man. <laughs> Houston, if there was someone, the world would stop. Trust me, you would know. It'd be like a, <laughs> it'd be on CNN all day. I'm telling you, something would happen. World would know what to do with itself. So. But this has been this has been so awesome to talk with you about, you know, falling in love with the scripture, um, and I, you know, I appreciate having Houston on. Houston was a guy from the school. You know, when you watch National Geographic and you can see the flowers bloom with photosynthesis and it goes quickly and you can see it actually bloom from a seed. Houston was one of those guys for me that I've literally seen him grow in front of my eyes. I've never seen that with another person as fast as I've seen it with Houston. To see a guy come to the school, you know, love the scripture and then, you know, from his outside – you know, looking like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo now look like he can be on GQ magazine, you know, seeing Houston, you know, change and see him. Bloom. Now he's a father. You know, now he's, you know, a husband and seeing him and now he's preaching. It's awesome to see him change. But Houston changed because not because of him. I've seen him change because his love for the word grew every single year. And when we fall in love with the scriptures to our listeners, when we fall in love with the Scriptures. Not only could it change you from the inside, which it will do because it will renew you day by day, but the scriptures will also challenge you to change the outside man so it can match the inward man. And so I've seen that from Houston. That was so awesome to see him bloom from the school of preaching. And I appreciate him that he's on it. and hopefully he'll continue to uh, keep loving the word as he does and keep teaching other people uh, to love, love the word too. So I appreciate you being on uh, today, buddy.
1: I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that, that. That means a lot to me. You saying that I appreciate you having me on. I've, I love talking about this with you. It's really yeah. been, a, been a pleasure.
0: Yes, but so do you, before we get out of here, do you have any, um, any website or, or, um, you know, social media, anything you want to want to plug here before we get out of here? No man, I don't have
1: any. I mean, I've got a you know the 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 Facebook page, but that's about it. I don't okay. have uh, anything else. But uh,
0: and I and I'll tag it. yeah to to listeners. I'll tag Houston um, on the Facebook post, so you can watch the video on YouTube. And then also, uh, just like with all the other guests that were on, if you have questions for him, you know, I've already had questions already. If you do have specific questions for him, I know that Houston will won't mind you know answering your questions, so you can see his tag, um, and everything on Facebook, but uh, we appreciate Absolutely. you guys, uh, listening. Uh, hopefully we continue to grow and love the scriptures more and more every single day. Thanks guys.